Christian. Um, and this applies to music, but it applies really to a lot of other things in your life as well. Uh, so look at 1 John chapter number 2. 1 John chapter 2. Look, if you would, at verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now let me just give you this real quickly before we get too far into this. Um, John chapter 3 says this, and the Bible does not contradict itself. You've got to read things in its context. But John 3, a very famous verse. Uh, I, I read this recently uh, when Tim Tebow played in the national championship. I'm not a college football guy. I could care less. You know, Gators, Seminoles. I, I don't know anything about that stuff. But when he played in the national championship years ago, he changed his uh, paint from Philippians 4.13 and John 3.16. And because of that game being nationally televised and millions of people were watching it, it was the most uh, Googled thing that day. Millions of people Googled, what is John 3.16? America's a mission field, folks. But in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world. Over here it says, Love not the world. So you have to read it in context. When it, when it says, God so loved the world, it wasn't the world system under the direction of the spirit of Antichrist, under the God of this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, but rather it is the world as the people, the souls of mankind in the world. That is what God loved, all right? It is not the system of government and the, the, the evil and the chaos that is this world today. That's what is being addressed in verse 15. The present world system, the spirit of the age, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If a man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. Brother Tim, if you'd ask the blessing on the lesson. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Paul uh, refers to the system in which you live in. Now, look, here's, here's the challenge. The challenge is you are in this world, but you're not of it, right? And Paul refers to the system in which we live as, as this present evil world. That's where you're at. And, and look, yes, things are bad now, and it's a wicked world, and people go, it's getting worse and worse. That's all true. But can I say this? It's always been bad. It's never been of God, because ever since Adam said, okay, I'm going to break what God, God commanded me to do, because I love my wife more than I love God, ever since then, all right, when sin entered the picture, it's never been the same, and it will not be until Jesus Christ comes back. It is this present evil world that you are in, 
and the elements that are in it, the things that you take in mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the things that are all around you, those things you're taking in, they come in through a spirit. We talked about that. And there is a spirit of this world. And there is a lying spirit. And there is a spirit of fear. There's all kinds of spirits. There's a spirit of Antichrist. They're working in the world today. It's on you to make sure that that does not come in and permeate. I've heard people say, well, I'm saved. It can't touch me. It can't touch your soul. It can absolutely affect your spirit and your mind but uh, the bible talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind why does it say that because whatever goes on here and goes on in here eventually affects and directs the rest of my life there are some people look look i i'm thankful you know that uh my wife likes clean movies you know and yes i could tell you that if it's a hallmark movie you know it's a girl that works in the big city and goes to the country and finds a strapping lumberjack guy, and they dated in high school, and, and they fell out of love, and you know they, they, he left her at the altar, he left her at the prom, or whatever it might be, and they bump each other, and at first he's a big you know, jerk, and after like 30 minutes, you know, there's a montage of them baking Christmas cookies together, and they fall in love, and they live happily ever after, and it's rated G. Hallelujah. Right. However, can I say this, even with that, you know what you'll be tempted to think if you're not careful? That romance is all just lovey-dovey stuff. That marriage and relationship is all this high. It's not. They never show you after they get together. And after that final kiss at the end, they don't show you the problems that take place. There's a reason for that, okay? What I'm getting at is this. Even in the most simple and things that we were looking at here are clean, you've got to be careful to filter all of it through the Word of God. And, and you live in a time, I heard someone recently say, you know, it, it's, uh, I think when you live too much by the Bible, it's, it's legalistic. All right, listen, no, when you live too much like the, by the Bible, you're going to be more like Jesus Christ. Now, I, I know, I understand this. I've been around legalistic places where, man, you can't enjoy anything. And you're just kind of walk around like a pruny Christian everywhere you go. Everything's wrong. You can't smile. You can't laugh. You can't enjoy anything. That's not what God wants for your life. At the same time, the things you enjoy, you got to filter them through God's book. And what happens is this. The, the, the elements of this world are constantly coming in, and they work through these three different ways. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, look at Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter number three. The Bible says, love not the world. You know what that, that talks about? You know what that addresses? Your passions. In, in, in our passage in 1 John chapter two, it talks about the, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's the position and the problem that you exist in is you're always gonna be battling those things until you are no longer in this world. And in our passage, it says, the world passeth away. In other words, your priority should not be just what do I like right now. When it comes to the subject of music, most Christians operate this way. I like it. Almost kind of like dating. I was talking to young people tonight about dating. I like them. Well, great. Does God like them? Does God like them for you? You should ask that question. You got to dig into that a little bit. Versus, I like them. Listen, I like sugar. It doesn't mean that I should, you know, eat 10 donuts. We've got donuts downstairs. I was trying to sell them to the kids, and they wouldn't take them. I don't know what's wrong. When I was a teenager, I'd throw down five donuts and not think about it, man. I don't know what that was all about last night or tonight. That I couldn't get them to get a donut. What was that all about? Man, what's, what is it? We need, a, we need to pray and lay hands on them. That's what we need to do. But, but what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is this, guys. You, you need to understand that when it comes to the elements of this world, 
All right? These are things that have always been around since sin was entered the picture. And you're going to be finding them, and they are within you already. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 3. And, and you know the story. You understand that uh, Adam and Eve were tempted. Uh, very similarly, the Bible calls Jesus Christ the last Adam. And uh, uh, the reason it calls him the last Adam is because the first one messed up when he was tempted. Uh, look at uh, Genesis chapter 3, and look if you would at verse uh, number... Uh, five. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open; you shall know uh, you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, lust of the flesh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, pride of life. There it is, right there. Do you realize Jesus Christ in Matthew four faces the same exact temptations? So the first Adam faced it, the last Adam faced it, you're going to face it as well. And you need to understand that in this, in this, in this life, look at Matthew chapter number 9, in, in this life, you are, uh, once you're saved, there's this constant battle, this pulling back and forth between that which is old and that which is new. And whether you realize it or not, I mean, even in your thought life, you're tempted to go from uh, peace and joy to anger just like that. Why? Because I didn't get my way. Was well, that a biblical way to think? Amen. Someone slammed on their brakes in front of me, so I'm going to give them the bird. You ought to just stop and thank God you didn't slam into somebody. But that's not your first reaction. You've got to fight that. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> There's that old and that new that's caught. You, you ever felt like, man, why do I even go to church on Sunday morning? I'm on cloud nine. By Sunday night, I want to shoot somebody. Anybody ever felt that way? All right, so, amen, amen. Listen, watch out, move the gun. Fine. <laughs> you, you, you understand what I'm saying, though. There's this, the old and the new is constantly being torn back and forth. And it, it, is, it is meant, the, the, the reason that the world is set up the way it is, is to tear out of your life everything God wants to put into it. Uh, look at Matthew 9. There are some things that just cannot coexist. You guys ever seen those coexist stickers? You know, with like the, the star or the moon of Islam, you know, and the star of David and the cross and all that kind of stuff. Usually when I see that, I, I know I'm probably looking at someone that, I, that, that really has a hard time coexisting with me. Right. Um, but, but all that said, there are some things that really just don't coexist. You cannot embrace biblical Christianity and sexual perversion. They won't coexist. Amen. They just don't. You, you can't embrace biblical Christianity and say, you know what, I am my own authority. I'll choose for my life. Those things don't coexist. They don't go together. It's like oil and water. And, and so what, what you find in your life, and it doesn't matter if it's music or entertainment or relationships, there's this constant pulling back and forth between that which is old and that which is new. And eventually something's going to give. Uh, look at Matthew chapter number 9. Look, if you would, at verse number uh, 16. No man putteth a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. Now, I almost had to explain this because anymore, when clothes rip, you just go buy new ones, right? But back in the olden days, people would actually patch things, right? And you'd patch the jeans and all that. I mean, now you, you pay money to get them ripped up, man. I'd go to the store and be like, you owe me money. These are broken, right? But that's, that's not where it's at. So, so, so back, back in the day, you, if something was broken, you'd find a way to sew it back together, and so the illustration that he's given is, is this. Look at verse uh, 16. No man put a piece of new cloth into an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. In other words, that, that hole is filled with something, but over time it's going to rip even further. 
because it is weakened by that first hole. And you put something new on that old thing, it's going to rip. Here's another illustration. Look at verse 17. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Now, if you don't know what that's talking about, bottles wasn't always a glass bottle. Used to be those bottles were, were, were actually uh, lined with, with like a, an animal organ of some kind. And so this was kind of a, a thing that could flex. And when you put new wine into an old bottle, that old bottle has already flexed from the last time that that wine was in there, and it went like this over time. And so when you put new wine into an old bottle, you know what you're doing? You're asking for that thing to explode. You're taking something new and putting it into something old, and they don't always coexist very well. Well, think about this. When you got saved, God put the, the Spirit of God, something new inside something old. And what you have to, we have to be mindful of is this, there's always going to be this pressure and this tearing back and forth between the old life and the new life. And you know what's really hard as a pastor sometimes to watch? To watch Christians go, I'm tired of fighting. I just want to give up. I'm done. It's hard to watch. Amen. And over the years, I watch it and it breaks my heart. I can do this. I've had some sleepless nights over it. But I've learned I can't change. That is a battle that you have to take on as an individual believer. And you have to say, you know what, I am not going to allow, the, listen to me very carefully, the weaker elements of this world to control me. Look, if you would, at Galatians chapter 4, brother, if you go to the next slide, as we're talking about music and talking about worship, you can't take that, listen to me very carefully, the things that remind you of the old life and the things that you enjoyed in the old life and try to make them new, they don't work. Listen, the Bible says God's given us all things richly to enjoy. That doesn't mean, if in the context, it doesn't mean sin. And what it means is this, there's a whole world. You know what? Uh, some of you young people may remember Brother David Haben at summer camp talking about this, talking to the young man, especially going, hey, go outside and go fishing. Go hunt something. Go do something besides sit behind a phone and get caught in the perversion. There's a lot you can do that isn't evil. But when you get confined to how the world does, you go, to, you go to a restaurant and sit down and watch a family. Everybody gets out their phones. They're all doing something. What, why are you even there? Why don't you go sit in your little pot at home and just have food delivered to you? Stay in your room. You know what that is? That's the world in which we live. That doesn't mean you as a Christian should embrace that, though. And so what I'm getting at is this. There, there are the elements of this world that you are going to either say, I'm going to rise above them or I'm going to submit myself to those things. But they are things that God says, hey, that's the old life. Don't let that define you anymore. And as it relates to music, entertainment, relationships, fill in the blank, there are things from the old life that you just can't throw in your life now and expect for it to be the same. It's not. And it's not going to work out well for you spiritually. Look at Galatians chapter 4. You know what I learned about people? Uh, you you got to limit. You can be around certain things for so long before it starts affecting you. Amen. you got to limit. you got to know that. you got to know that you are not super Christian. You know, if uh, okay, some of you are thinking, oh, you know, drugs and, 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 and wickedness and fornication. No, let's just tone, let's tone that down. You can't be around a gossip for long enough before you start gossiping. You can't be around a cynical, negative spirit, a scorner, without eventually that, that bothering you. I've watched it. I've watched parents that are scorners, and then their kids become scorners, and the parents go, what's their problem? Well, over time, you just kind of take on the elements that are around you. Look at Galatians chapter number 4. I'm trying. I really am. Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse number 3. 
Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the what? I'll look down, if you would, at verse number 9. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in what? Listen, you are always, listen very carefully. The Bible says, being made then free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So if you were a servant of sin and God gave you freedom, you know what that means? Now you're free to serve God. You're always going to serve something. You're always under the influence of something or somebody. The question is, is it the new life or is it the old life? And when I say old and new, I don't just mean, you know, uh, the bad music and the bad movies and the bad friends. And the, I, I mean, listen, the old nature. And listen, if, you, if God has shown you that he wants you to, to reach people through your testimony, you know what that means? Maybe you need to be a little more friendly. Amen. And if you're not friendly, that is not a sign. I'm sorry, guys. It's not a sign of spirituality to be a jerk for Jesus. You know, every once in a while, you can, you can be friendly to people and, and reach out. Listen, if the Lord's showing you you're selfish, quit being selfish. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I've got areas in my life where I'm selfish. You know, God says, hey, you, you want to be a better fa- father? You want to be a better husband? You want to be a better pastor? You better learn to get over yourself. Amen. You see, this is the old and the new. The, the old is, I'm thinking of me first. The new is, I'm thinking of Jesus Christ first and others next. The old is, it doesn't matter what I do. I am my own person. No one's going to tell me. And what I do is in my life, and it doesn't affect anybody else. The new man goes, yeah, but what I do it affects other people around me. Because the Bible says none of us live it to himself, no man die to himself. And, and so when we talk about old and new, it's the elements that are in the world. It's not just the drugs and this and that. Yeah, that's part of it. And if that was your scene, you better run for your life and get away from it. But it's also just the old you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I will not be brought under the power of any. I was uh, talking with Emma yesterday, and she was jacking out some coffee. I said, you've got a problem. And she goes, I can quit whenever I want to, but I want more right now, Dad. <laughs> it was funny. But, but you, know, you, know, you know what I'll tell you right now? There are things you look at in your life, and you go, uh, it's not controlling me. Okay, then stop it. Stop being selfish. Stop allowing your wrath to explode on people. Stop allowing your prejudice to keep you from witnessing to people. And I don't just mean racial prejudice. That might be part of it, but I think there's prejudice. Sometimes you look at someone that has a nice car and a nice house and a nice this, and you go, I don't even bother talking to them. They don't listen. You have no idea. Yeah. It takes you acknowledging these are things that are over me. And I'm tired of being under them and under their control. You see, if you live that way, you're just a step away from listening to the wrong music, watching the wrong... It's just, always, it's, always, it's just right there. It's right outside. And if you don't learn to control the fact that you are under control of something and you need to be under the submission of the Spirit of God... And listen, the first time the word submit... Brother, can you... You know what? We're missing a slide, I think. It's okay. Uh, look at Genesis chapter 16. Look at Genesis 16. Genesis chapter 16. The first time the word submit shows up in your Bible, do you know what it's talking about? It's a servant to a master. Well, who's your master? Should be the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, you're not in a church that believes, I, I've heard this before, I've heard people say, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. That's not, that's not true. I'd like to dangle that over your head and make you behave, little boys and girls, and do right for, for all your Christian life. But you know what that means? What that means is that it's a fancy way of saying, if you don't do everything the right way, as I see it, then you're probably not saved. That's not true. A lot of Christians do a lot of stupid, foolish things. I've done some of the stupid, foolish things as a saved, born-again child of God. All right? There's, there have been times in my life where he's not Lord of all. That's for sure. All right? But that doesn't mean I'm not saved. But I'll say this much. The Christian life gets rich, and it becomes more complete and fulfilling when you understand that you are under the service of Jesus Christ, not just yours. When he becomes your master, Lord, what do you think about that relationship? Lord, what do you think about how I responded to that? Lord, what do you think about what I said there? Lord, what do you think about how when, when someone mentioned someone's name, I started talking about that person in a negative way? Lord, how, what do you, how do you feel about that? Lord, 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 why is it that when, whenever someone gets, the only way I feel good about me is by talking about, about other people. Lord, Lord, help me to submit that to you. These are things that are deep in Christians' lives. Look at Genesis 16. Look, if you would, at verse 9. Now, we can argue all we want with the Lord, but when this uh, servant ran away, and let me say this, she ran away for good reason. Her, her, her master was really kind of a jerk, if you read the whole story. She got the bum end of the deal. But you know what the Lord told Hagar? Look, if you would at verse number nine, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. You know, what I'm getting at is this. You have a great master. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's never done anything wrong to you. And if God would say that to someone who's under a human master that didn't handle things right, what, what should our approach be? The first time the word submit shows up in the Bible, this is it. It's a servant submitting to their master. That's me, <laughs> I'm going to submit my thoughts and to submit my desires and to submit my responses and to submit my relationship and to submit my, my entertainment and the music and everything in my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If I don't do that, what do I succumb to? The lust of the flesh. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. It's not, it's not you've got to understand, it's one or the other. There's no neutral ground. You're not, you don't ever stay neutral. You're always moving somewhere. And you're either growing closer to the Lord Jesus Christ or you're allowing the elements of this world to influence you. All right, look at Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter 5. Now, you can be saved and be just as carnal as everybody out in the world. doesn't mean you're lost. But you won't be living a Christian's life. The word Christian means a disciple, of, a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, what did Jesus Christ do? He put his will second to the will of the Father. He went through the inconvenience and the sacrifice and the suffering for the betterment of others. All right, so, so if I want to take his character on, I was talking to young people today and, and just telling them that, honestly, man, it's really weird being out in the world. You run across Christians in business all the time. And honestly, sometimes their character is no different than lost people right. at all. And that's a shame on the body of Christ. It should not be that way. To take on the character of Jesus Christ is for me to say, Lord, you're first. I submit myself to you. I submit my thoughts and my desires and my responses and my will to you. And Lord, in light of that, Lord, you lead. And Lord, I will, I'll be willing to sacrifice what I want for the betterment of your cause and for the, for the betterment of others. That's, that's the character of Jesus Christ. If you're not doing that, what fills that void, something's going to fill that void. I, 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 someone recently asked me, like, okay, if I... If I want to quit smoking, what should I do? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, get some chewing gum. 
do something. If you're used to putting something there all the time, put something there that isn't that. You know what God is? God's a God of replacement. You get rid of your bad music, put some good music in there. You get rid of some bad friends, get some good friends. You're not handling relationships with the opposite sex the right way. It doesn't mean that all men are evil and all women are, you know, harlots. And no, no, no. What it means is you didn't handle it right, so fix the way you're handling it so that God can use that area of your life. So, so, so when it comes to this, you say, what am I getting at? If you don't fill the void, something's going to take its place. If you're not following and being submitted to the Spirit of God, the lust of the flesh will take over. Look at Galatians 5. Look at verse number 19. James tells us how lust works in us. It's within us already. But look at James 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, putting anything ahead of God, witchcraft, which is likened to rebellion in the Old Testament, hatred, variance, emulations, excuse me, wrath, now, you may go, I don't commit idolatry. I'm not a witch. You know, I'm the. Do you ever have disproportionate anger that's not righteous? Well, that's the work of the flesh. All right? Strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It didn't say you won't be saved, but you'll lose the rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. What am I getting at? Listen, if you don't fill your life with the submission of the Spirit of God, this is what takes its place. All right, let's look at the lust of the eye. Look at Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs 27. I don't mean to make this at all uncomfortable, but I'm going I'm to speak just for a moment to the young man. If you don't get control of your eyes, you're going to get into a world of trouble. Amen. Proverbs chapter 27, it'll ruin your life. It can ruin your marriage. And you live in a day and age where it doesn't take a whole lot to get, to get uh, exposure to things you have no business looking at. Amen. Proverbs chapter 27, look if you would at verse number 20. Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, just bear with me. I, I don't want to go too far into dark things or anything like that. But I can tell you one thing that they have found to be true of serial murders and serial, serial rapists is they have one thing in common, pornography. And I'm going to tell you right now, you say, well, how does this have anything to do with music? Well, it has to do with you, what, you, what you allow in here. All right? And if you don't submit to the Spirit of God and you are just careless with what's coming in here, understand this, and, and let's just be honest, men and women, I don't care what they say, are different. All right. I know you ladies like to have an attractive husband and, a, you know, and, and, you know, he's, he's, you know, my hero, my rock. and He's a good looking man. That's nothing wrong with that. But but we're still wired differently. All right. You ladies. I, how many times? Let's be. OK. You know what? Some of you are looking at me like, no, no, preacher. You're not right. It's not true. Have you ever seen this like beautiful, attractive woman with this old, bald, fat dude? Come on. Yes. The answer is yes. And you're either thinking she got into money or he is really good at talking. <laughs> we may want to give lessons on when I say amen. <laughs> but <laughs> discipleship 101, amen. But, but you understand what I'm saying. Women generally fall in love with what they hear. You're beautiful. Man, God really broke the mold when he made you. Man, when I look into your eyes, all I can think about is that crystal sea beyond, beyond the river. 
oh man, that breath of heaven that, that blows across that, that glassy sea, that's what I think about every time I look in your blue eyes. I'm thinking of my wife right now, okay? Bear with me. Guys, have you ever been around? I've watched this. I've watched a woman who's obnoxious and loud, and the dude puts up with her. Why? Because she's pretty. See, men, men have a problem with their eyes. Let's be honest about that. And so I know this isn't just for the men. Everyone has deals with the lust of the eyes. There's things, ladies, you could look at a pair of shoes and go, I want that, I want that, I want that. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But it's a little bit different for the men. A little bit different. And so, and so gentlemen, what, I, what I'm getting at is this. You, you, you better understand that your eyes are like a window. And when you bring things in there that God doesn't want in there, it darkens the window. I've got, I've got little ones, and uh, what we do now when they smudge up the windows is we, we tell them, okay, who did that? Oh, Ethan did. Okay, Ethan, when we get home, you can get the Windex and come out and clean it. Man, if, if you're old enough to go, yeah. then you're old enough to go, ksh, 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 ksh. Yeah. Right. okay? But, but you, you know why it's dangerous to have your, your windows all unclear? I was driving on I-70 about four years ago. Right about Air Park Road. Anybody know where that is? Air Park, Air, Air Park, and that's what it is. Exit 295, something like that. 292, somewhere in there. And I was driving west in the town. And I looked over to my side. It was almost like the Lord said, look over. And I looked over, and I saw this lady um, on that, that uh, frontage road that runs parallel to I-70. And she was kind of pulled over, but not pulled over all the way. And she was doing this to her mirror. It was a cold, frosty, foggy day, kind of like some of the days we've had recently in the morning. And she's doing this. And I was looking over, and I thought, surely this isn't what I think is happening. And this semi just plowed right into her car. And I remember pulling over and driving over there and going, oh, my goodness. And and there's a couple of us cars did that, and I raced to the car, and she was gone, dead. That shook, my, that shook me up. Shook me up. I thought, man, I want to give a track to everyone that's on site here, and Lord, Lord, please don't, you know. But you know what? She was trying to see. You, you, it's dangerous to not be able to see out from where God wants you to see. And the more things that you bring in that are, are, are not of the Lord and they're of the spirit of this world, it's going to cloud your judgment. Amen. You won't be able to see things as you ought to. The lust of the, of the flesh is real. The lust of the eye is also real. Uh, look, if you would, at Proverbs chapter number 6. You're already in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 6. And I'm, I'm just trying to help the guys here for a moment, so bear with me. Look, if you would, at verse 23. This is for everybody, verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction of the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Now watch the latter part of the verse. Neither, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. And it goes on to describe what happens to a man that goes down that road. But it starts with the elements of hearing and seeing. This is why music and music videos and YouTube and all TikTok and all that stuff is real. You got to be real careful with that. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I use some of this stuff for business, and I've been on there before just to look at something innocently, and then you, it, it, it keeps putting videos up, and they keep coming up. Before you know it, something comes up, I'm like, I don't want that. Exactly. But if you're curious, and you're not submitted to the Spirit of God, you'll go, well, what is it? Before you know it, you watch, and you go, maybe there's another one. Maybe there's another one. Maybe there's another one. I didn't even have that 20 years ago. 
but it's here now, and it's not going away. If you don't fill your mind and heart with the right stuff, you, and you're not submitted to the Spirit of God, you will submit to the wrong spirit. Yeah. Let me say this. Not only is there the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, but also, brother, if you go to the next slide, the pride of life. Now, let me just get this out of the way. I'm Puerto Rican. But if I walk around, Puerto Rican pride. Now, look, if, if, if some white person walks around and go, white pride, you go, terrorist, Domestic terrorist. Puerto Rican does it. It's like, oh, well, that's just his ethnicity. It's wrong either way. You understand that, right? right. You know, pride is wrong. Yes. Now, now, me going, I'm thankful to be an American. That's a good thing. Thankful to, for my heritage. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm proud. You know, and I, we ought to be proud. Just, just watch all that stuff. You see, what is that? that's the element of this world. It's the original sin. Let me ask you a question. Why is it okay to have black pride and not white pride? I'm not white, so don't, this isn't a racist thing. It's an observation of the world in which we live. This one guy recently at, at, at my company, this a guy was looking for a job, but I think he was on drugs, and he was just treating the women there very poorly. So I sat him down, and I said, you, you need to knock it off. Da, da, da. And he goes, you don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And the last thing I said is, hey, man, have a nice day. Say to you, white boy. And I thought, boy, that's the funniest thing anyone's ever told me. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, that's the worst you got. Okay, yeah. Um, but, but let, let me ask you, wh- wh- we live in a very strange time where pride is celebrated. Gay pride and white, this pride and that pride and that pride. Pride for age and pride this and pride that. You need to watch out for that. Amen. Yeah, look at Job chapter number 31. Job 31. You know, when you come to church and you look down on someone else that doesn't have their life together like you, that's pride. Amen. You, you know... Maybe I'll, I'll put it to you this way. There was a, a time when we had some people in our church, and I could, just, I could just see it. You know, they didn't want their kids hanging out with any other kids in Sunday school because their kids were too good. Bunch of junk. Look, if, if there's something going on in the church and the kids aren't behaving appropriately, you tell the Sunday school teacher and you deal with it. But you taking your kids out because your kids are too good, kind of watch that stuff. Just, just, just be careful with that. Like, there's a pride associated with that. I'm not saying you throw your kids at the wolves at all, at all. But at the same time, you've got to be real careful with, man, just I'm, I'm too important. That's not of the Lord. <laughs> look at Job chapter 31. I hope I haven't lost you guys yet. Look at Job chapter number 31. And, uh, oh, let's see here. That is not the verse I'm looking for. That's what it's written down there. If you can help me find... Uh, I got it misprinted here, where it talks about uh, him being the king over the children of pride. If you got that verse, let me know. What that's a reference to is the devil himself uh, being a king over the children of pride. And uh, let me tell you something. That's something from your old life. God doesn't want that there. When you were lost, you were a child of disobedience. And God hates pride. All pride. Look at Proverbs chapter 6. We'll find the verse some other time. Forgive me. Look at Proverbs chapter number 6. Proverbs chapter 6. This is Wednesday night Bible what? So we're looking at some verses. Look at Proverbs chapter number 6. If you were to write a list of things you hate, you know, traffic, you know, people that snort when they laugh, (laughs) I don't know, whatever your list is, I'm sure it would be different than God's, Okay. Here's God's list of things that he hates. Look at Proverbs chapter 6 and look, if you would, at verse number 16. 
These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. What's the first thing in that list? You know what a proud look looks like? I, I've, I, I've talked to some Christians before that have asked my opinion on things, and then, then you give them what the Bible says, and they're like, don't shoot the messenger. Listen, your parents aren't perfect teenagers, but if your parents ever give you biblical advice, don't, don't give them that look. Okay. But what I'm getting at is this. God hates it because it reminds him. You ever been around someone and you go, I don't know why I don't like him. I just can't put my finger on it. And then when you dig deeper, it's like, I don't like them because they remind me of this jerk I used to go to school with. Or an ex-boyfriend. Oh, that's the worst. You know what happens when, when we're proud? The Lord goes, you remind me of somebody. The devil. You see, that these are the elements that are in the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. How do you overcome them? Well, you know from the temptation of Jesus Christ, he overcame them with the scriptures. It is written. It is written. It is written. Let me, let me put it to you this way. If you approach your entertainment with it is written, and your relationships with it, was, it is written, and your friendships with it is written, and your habits with it is written, you might have a different kind of Christian life. And you might quit asking what's wrong with it. And you might start asking, how is this making me a better Christian? But, but you, have to, you have to be submitted to the Spirit of God to get there. All right? H- how do I overcome the elements of this world? The Scriptures. Here, here's another way I overcome. Separating myself. And we saw this this, uh, this evening with the young people, but I want you folks to look at it. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. Now, I believe this. I don't believe separation is something that, that you do simply to go, okay, by separating myself, I'm better than these other people. Not at all. The purpose for separation is to be separate. Listen, this ring on my finger, it, I don't walk around going, I'm saying, I'm, I can't date you, I can't date you, I can't date you. I don't do that. That's weird, right? It's an automatic assumption that I'm not dating anybody because of this right here. All right, so if you're a born-again child of God and you want to follow the, 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 Christ, the, the Lord Jesus Christ and actually live the Christian life, you don't walk around talking about everything that you don't do anymore. Do you understand? You don't do it for the purpose of being able to follow and serve God. All right, but, but it does require separation. All right, and this generation of Christians have, okay, well, I don't know, that sounds legalistic. I don't want to be different. Well, no, the, the legalistic would be you judging everyone because they're not like you. We're not talking about that. We're simply saying, hey, you need to learn to come out from some things. You can't, let me say it right now, you can't follow God and keep all the relationships that you had when you weren't right with God. You can't follow God and keep all the habits that you had when you weren't right with God. You can't follow God and keep all the entertainment that you had before you were right with God. There's some things in your life that have to change. You've got to come out of them, all right? For me to marry my wife and still be in, you know, in, engaging in other relationships would imply I did not come out of those relationships. Does this make sense? Okay. Apply that to your life spiritually. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Look, if you would, at verse number 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be what? Separate. 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 You know how you overcome those elements? The scriptures. You know how you overcome? Getting out. There's some things you cannot coexist with. You just got to get out of them. So if you've got some music in your life that has to go, get rid of it. 
If you've got some friends, relationships, some things that need to be, it doesn't mean you go, ah, I hate you, I'm never going to be around you again. You just start doing what God wants you to do. You're going to watch those things separate as they are. But you can't please God and people at the same time. So how do I overcome? I learned to walk in the Spirit. Now, I don't know that I can give you a, a, a direct one, two, three answer on this, but I'll tell you this. You know when you're walking in the Spirit and when you're not. And you understand when you're walking in the flesh. And the pastor and the people around you can't always see it, but, but you know it and God knows it. And if you want to overcome the world, you can't do it just by saying, I'm not doing that stuff anymore, and I'm going to change this. It, it goes deeper than that. You've got to replace that with, I'm now being fulfilled and satisfied with the Spirit of God in my life. Well, let's close here. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, and look at me if you would at verse number 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. Is that a command? So there's a matter of obedience to that. And that obedience yields fellowship. Look at how this works. If you walk in the Spirit, just notice the automatic response to, in verse 16. Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the what? It, it, it's, it's not just I got rid of all this stuff. It's I got rid of all this stuff so I could submit myself to the Spirit of God. And when I do that, stuff starts showing up in my life, and I start realizing, you know what? I don't need that anymore. And I, maybe, you know what? I didn't used to think about this. Any, I used to think, well, what's the big deal? Now I'm looking at going, you know what? That takes me somewhere I don't want to go anymore. I'm submitted to the Spirit of God. That needs to go. This is how God intends for the Christian life to work. And look, I don't care if you've been saved for 20 years, been to Bible school, whatever else you may think makes you some kind of great Christian. The reality is I've been saved for, I don't know, almost 30 years now. And I think it'll be 30 years next summer, if I'm not mistaken. I've been saved for almost 30 years now. Been to Bible school, been a missionary, been a pastor. And I'm not done yet. God, is, I'm not in a place where I go, I have apprehended there's nowhere else to grow. <laughs> there's some things God's still working on me for. And I pray that you come to a place as a Christian where you go, you know what? It's not just about the music. It's deeper than that. It's not just about the entertainment. It's, the, it's why am I going after that? It's because I have a longing that I'm not allowing the Spirit of God to fill in my life. Walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let's go ahead and stop there tonight and go to the Lord in prayer. Pray you got something from the Word of God. Be safe as you go home and look forward to seeing you here Sunday morning. Father, we thank you for time in the word. Lord, we ask your blessing as we depart. And God, I pray that uh, you keep everyone safe as they go home. And Lord, these roads, uh, Lord, generally they, they were kind of clear on the way in, but Lord, I know they can be tricky sometimes. Keep everybody safe. Lord, I pray for all those that are sick right now. Lord, all those that are kind of snowbound tonight, a little further out, Lord, I pray you'd minister to them. Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, if there are relationships that aren't right, Lord, if our responses haven't been right today, or if our mind just has not been clear and it's not been clean. Lord, if we're just, Lord, uh, allowing ourselves to submit to the wrong spirits rather than submit to your spirit, God, would you, would you help us? Lord, uh, it's, I've, I've learned this. So much of what makes up life is not always major decisions and major moments. It's all these small little things. 
And your word says little foxes spoil the vines, Lord. It's these little moment-by-moment decisions and how we think about things and how we speak and how we respond. And, and God, that, that all feeds into a cycle of what we consume. And God, I pray that our consumption, our desire for consumption would be different. Lord, that you would speak, Lord, not only to us, but through us in this dark world. Lord, I'm thankful for those two people. We're thankful for Andrew getting saved and for Derek getting saved and for Ashika and Ashford getting saved and Chandana getting saved, Lord. But I know this, there are many people out there still without you. And you haven't taken us yet. <laughs> you haven't called us home. So, Lord, I do pray that, Lord, as we leave this place, Lord, that we would empty ourselves of us and take in more of you. Lord, let us be a light for you. Let us make a difference for you. We ask it in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming. We'll look forward to